Hi, I'm Shaylee Shibaxi Ritchie. And I'm her co-host and sister, Kosha Baxi Karstens. Spoiler alert, we are sisters. And best friends. We grew up in the middle of Illinois, two little brown girls in a heartland farming community. We were certainly loved. We had lots of friends, but we never felt like we really fit in. We started to realize that there were a lot of people who felt similarly othered. And that realization was the seed for this podcast. Then, during the 2020 election cycle, we watched now Vice President Kamala Harris reclaim her power and story from Mike Pence. We saw what a badass she was, and we got inspired. We wanted to hear, share, and amplify the voices of everyone who has felt other. We wanted to give everyone a platform, regardless of who they are, who they love, or where they're from, to reclaim their power and their place, to stand up and say, I am speaking. I have to try not to laugh. I know, it's so hard. Welcome listeners to our special holiday episode. You may know this by now that every time a holiday comes around, we like to give our guests a week off and we take the mics and just talk to each other a little bit. This week, we are reflecting on the holidays coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about our holidays growing up, how we celebrated growing up, and what we do now in our own families. And we're going to share a little bit of what we're grateful for at the end of this year. But first, I would like to present to you the musical stylings of Kosha Baxi Karstens. (laughs) Take it away, Kosha. I am speaking, I am speaking, I am really speaking. You are speaking, then we are speaking, but I am really speaking. Hey! Thank you. (laughs) You are welcome. I feel like we should have like a fake applause in the background. (laughs) I have to say, it also didn't help that you were doing like that fake little dance while with your like fingers up in the air. It's It's a real dance. Okay. That was not how you really dance. I'm trying not, no, but I can't dance how I really dance and record at the same time. That song definitely was not worthy of how you really dance. I was trying to encourage you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's oh, the Christmas season. I'm spreading cheer. I'm spreading something. It's not cheer. <laughs> <laughs> With that song. So Merry Christmas. Happy Merry holidays. Christmas. Yeah. Merry oh, Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Although that already happened. Yes. Happy, Happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Diwali already happened. Happy New Year. Yep. All this last stuff already happened. I saw an awesome tweet that was like, by saying happy holidays, I'm not, you know, there's no war on Christmas. It's just, I don't know what you celebrate. And there's something yeah. like 48 holidays between yeah. Halloween and the first of the year. Something crazy like that. Yeah. There are, there are so many. And I think it's interesting that even though all of these different religions and cultures, they still happen in this cluster of weeks toward the end of the calendar year. Well, it's also really fascinating to think about how early Christians adopted many of the same holidays that the Romans and Greeks had celebrated in order to sort of like keep it fitting in, right? It doesn't feel, what is this weird holiday we're celebrating in the middle of nowhere? Or, you know, it's like, no, we're just, we're celebrating at the same time as you. So a lot of the stuff does happen at the same time. Right. Yeah. 
you know, it, and this actually makes more sense than the calendar cycle is things happen on the lunar cycle. Yeah. So before we had calendars, before we had clocks, you had sundials and lunar cycles. So it's like, okay, the, the moon has done this type of cycle. So we should celebrate. Um, so that I think I, intuitively, culturally, you know, when you go back, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. But we, so we grew up celebrating Christmas. Hindu. Well, but celebrating we, Christmas. Yeah, we grew up Hindu, more like culturally Hindu, because there wasn't anywhere for us to go and actually like be spiritual or learn anything about the religion until our family moved out of Streeter and to Orland Park. I think it is important to pre like to, to say here that we went to a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. So I think mom and dad, you know, I give them a lot of credit for celebrating Christmas with us in the way that they did, because at least for you and I, who were in that school, you were there from fourth grade through eighth grade, like you graduated. Third grade. Was, I started in third grade. Third, yeah. Sorry. Uh, third grade through eighth grade. So you graduated. It was a K through eight school. And I was there from kindergarten through seventh grade before we moved to the suburbs. And so, you know, I give them a lot of credit for recognizing um, if this is even, I don't know how, how, uh, what's the word conscious they were of mm -hmm. it, aware mm -hmm. they were of it, but it would have really made us stick out and and feel isolated even more if we hadn't celebrated Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I also really appreciate what mom and dad, you know, gleaned from Christmas and and what the, the messages and the lessons that they passed on to us, you know, this, the ideas of being charitable to everybody, to being kind. Um, I do very much remember that in our family, gift giving was taken seriously. Well, to this day, I, I think about gifts. I think about gift giving more than I think about gift receiving. I know a lot of people say that and that's what you're supposed to say, but like in March, if I see something, I'll be like, you shales, you would love that for Christmas. I have to, I, I will either get it or put it on a list. So I make yeah. sure to get it. I really do think about that kind of stuff and I love it. And that came from our childhood for sure. There was no better feeling on Christmas morning. Truthfully, I would, I, at least for me, and it sounds like for you too, there was no better feeling than seeing someone else open a gift you'd given them yeah, and right. have them just love it. Oh my God, this is perfect. Thank you so much. It just hits a sweet spot. You know, finding that thing that speaks to something special about them that they didn't know that they would have wanted until you gave it to them. Right. It's always more, it was more satisfying than getting the thing you asked for. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was that like the warm fuzzies that you get, you know, inside where I even, even to this day, and I know this came from, you know, our family and gift giving is like, I won't buy anything off somebody's Christmas list. Yeah, my in-laws don't even give me their lists anymore. Like won't give us their list anymore because I should just like give it to you in the target bag then, you know? And yeah. I also understand why people have Christmas lists. I'm not upset about it, but that's just not my MO. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I just will find something that I think someone would like or someone would appreciate versus something they asked for. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, and sometimes I do have to lean on the list to be like, what's that one obscure thing? You know, if, if someone has a very niche interest, you know, for me, example, I, you know, my 
maybe surprising hobby for everyone out there just listening is I love to cross stitch. And so it's not always clear what colors I need or what kind of, you know, like what kind of cloth you're looking for. Oh yeah, for. Sure, 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 sure. So it's like, there's a list for that thing where it's like, I need these specific things. You know, my husband, as you may have heard all is a cyclist and he's got specific, he wants this specific thing or he needs this specific tool. If I'm looking to do that, then I'm like, oh, what's the list? Because you want this thing, not a thing like it. But, but I also love getting inspired and being like, what would blah, 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 like? Yes. And it's funny. So Batsy definitely has her own like love of, of gifting and, and giving gifts. And, um, she, <laughs> but she doesn't understand scale and scope and money yet. She's seven and a half. So if you go like, uh, what should we get for Dada? She inevitably will say an amplifier. Which is funny because he's like, or have the thing that you make. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> well, dad makes amplifiers. So he doesn't want other people's amp amplifiers. And then she'll go, okay, then a guitar. And I'm like, we're not, you have no idea what that means, <laughs> how much that is. We asked her about how much she thought this house cost, our house. And she goes, it must have been at least like $100. So like, <laughs> yes, you were, that's not incorrect statement. It, yeah, no, she wasn't wrong. It, does, it cost at least $100. It reminds me of uh, when we had Michael on and you're like, for some reason, I, I think like you did gymnastics for 18 months. And he's like, well, I did it from the time I was 14 to 25. And you go, oh, so way more than 18 months. And I go, yeah. no, it was just a bunch of 18 months, like lined up back Put to together, back. Yeah. And that's what I think. I was like, it was at least a hundred dollars, but it was a bunch of hundred dollars. It was like $3,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So going back to Streeter, what is one of your first, uh, like holiday memories? I remember, I remember St. Stephen's church being decked out. It was beautiful. St. Stephen's was the school we went to and the parish that the church was right next to the school on the same, right. on the same campus. Right. And we went to, we went. Every we did have to go to church mass every morning. There was mass every morning yes. and there was no opt out for right. non-Catholic students. We sang midnight mass, like the sixth, seventh, eighth graders sang midnight mass. Right. But you are right. So yeah, St. Stephen's, you know, the Advent, I really love the Advent candles. And for those of you listeners who are familiar, uh, back then, 40 years ago, basically, or 35 years ago, St. Stephen still did high mass in Latin. So ev everything was just done to the nines, the wreaths, the candles, the, you know, all of the candles, the music, the pomp, there's so much ritual and circumstance there that, you know, and it was all in Latin, so nobody really knew what was going on, but um, it, it, that's what I remember and, and feeling like, wow, this is something, this is really something. Um, and you can appreciate that without necessarily believing in all the tenets of Catholicism. You can really appreciate how beautiful the ceremony was. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And our, the church, was stunning. I mean, it was more, it looked like it was a cathedral on the inside, right? It was, it was, it was really. old. It was beautiful. It was well taken care of. It had, 
for being in the middle of nowhere, it had quite the parish. Like there were a lot of people. And there was another Catholic church there right down the street. St. Stephen, St. Andrews, and St. No, Anthony's. not Andrews. Anthony's and St. Mark's. I don't remember St. Mark's. You probably remember St. Anthony's because St. Stephen's, the Anthony's had the big rivalry. Right. The academic bowl rivalry. <laughs> All of them. Basketball. Oh, unit, there's everything. Too? Yes. Okay, and there okay. was St. Mark's that was like kind of like a third also ran. Because it was definitely between Anthony and Stephen that there was a, a collision. Yeah. But if any of our listeners, particularly those people who might have lived in Streeter, know that I'm wrong, then you can send us a line and say, no, it wasn't St. Mark's. It was something else. But Kosha and I are hundred percent sure it was St. Stephen's and St. Anthony's. Oh, that's for sure. Because we, I remember even in academic bowl and math and math team, because I did not play any sports that we wore blue sweaters mm-hmm. and they wore white button downs to their academic bowl teams and like Navy pants. And we wore black pants and like blue royal blue sweaters right. and i remember that seeing and they them. had they had yellow um embroidery on them yes they did yeah because we were blue and gold so let's see my first memory of the holidays was we did like the what uh the passion no what's the 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 play that they do on like around christmas every year the nativity, the nativity play yeah the nativity play but it was with the um, Christmas concert, right? So it was sixth, seventh, mm-hmm. eighth grade sing. And pra- we practiced when I was in sixth and seventh grade, we practiced every day. It was taken very seriously. Yeah, it was pretty serious. It was very serious. But the first graders were the players of the nativity. So someone was chosen to be Mary, Joseph. There's a baby Jesus that was a doll, of course. Then there were. Would it be awesome if some person was chosen to be baby? You're like everyone just has a lineup, and like who's the <laughs> shortest person? Right. That would be awesome. Um, and then uh, you would have three boys, obviously, be the wise men, and then everyone else was like an animal, right? They were either livestock, they were either sheep, or they were angels. Oh, no cows? No, I don't think so. I don't remember there being cows. But I was an angel and it was so boring because you just stood in line behind the nativity and like with your arms crossed and you had tinsel on and a little like it just was and like little wings. It was so boring. And I was so upset that I had such a boring part. Yeah. (laughs) Because they just filled in like that's only what five, five jobs, five roles for actual actors. Right. Actors. I know. (laughs) And I actually remember who were all five of those people. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Melissa Gregg. <laughs> Melissa was Mary. Greg Zavada. You should see you should have been Mary. Thank you. Greg was Joseph and he, uh, his family was from Mexico. So he had a little bit of t- like d- pigment on him. I was like, that makes sense. Maybe you had to be Catholic to be Mary. Cause like if you had been Catholic, maybe you'd be Mary, but otherwise. I was not even thought about. Yeah. The decision was made. I wasn't even in the room. I know. It sucks. Totally sucks. That was my, but that's my first. That's the beginning of your theater career. <laughs> it should have been the end of it too. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, that you, was my first memory. So how do you celebrate Christmas in your family now? Now we, 
go up to Michigan, which is where Brian's parents are still. And they have a, they have a beautiful home in the woods. Um, my mother-in-law, it's so funny because I don't like the cold and I don't like the snow. I don't need it to be a white Christmas. Like that's not something for me. And my mother-in-law, Debbie, is just like, I really want it to snow. Then we, she really wants to go walking in the snow. Like that's her big thing. And then we go for walks in the snow. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I will sit. And that's just my thing. It's like, I will sit inside and watch you. But yeah, so we go up there and we have for, since Brian and I have been together, so almost 20 years. And then for a while we would stay through Christmas. Um, but then Brian and I just started realizing you know, and Shilsha, you and I have talked about this too, is at what point do you start making your own traditions? And that's, and that's not a dig on anybody, but it's like, when do you start? And we've had to do this with Thanksgiving is like, when do you start being the generation that is holding the traditions and everyone comes to you or everyone kind of yeah. follows your traditions. So probably about 10 years ago, I want to say, Brian and I started leaving um, Michigan really early on Christmas morning and then having Christmas by ourselves. And this is way before Bats was born, um, maybe even longer than 10 years. And then having Christmas on our own. And then a few years ago, she was like concerned, quote unquote, that like Santa would think we weren't home. So we started leaving late on Christmas Eve to, so she can wake up in her own bed on Christmas morning. We celebrate Christmas together with Brian's family on Christmas Eve. And then we come home late Christmas Eve and then celebrate Christmas. We asked her last year what she wanted for Christmas dinner. And she had been watching Princess and the Frog. So she goes, I think we should have Christmas gumbo. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So we found a way to have gumbo and now we're doing it again this year so I don't know maybe it'll be our tradition the good thing with gumbo is you could make it like a week in advance so I like anything that I don't have to be active on the day well yeah especially when you think about like if you were trying like trying to chill out or especially when you were driving home like that would be a thing I will say the one uh tradition that we have that I'm pretty steadfast about is I don't want to put up the Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. Oh and yeah. I know a lot too. of people do, and, you know, but I think you and I have talked talk about this is Thanksgiving is a huge deal in our family, in our families. Yeah. Right. In the, on the Bucksy side, it's a huge deal. And I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over that by putting the Christmas tree up. So right. we put the Christmas tree up Friday, Saturday, or Sunday after Thanksgiving. And then this is a me thing. I cannot stand having it up after Christmas. So that mofo will come down on the 26th. Oh, like, wow. It's just a me thing where I'm like, it just stays up too long. You know, I, and I don't know if this is true, but I, I wonder if it stems from, there was one family in our subdivision and I won't call them out. There's an Indian family in our subdivision who would, who like took down their outside like reindeer and their lights and stuff. It, they took it down in like June. Why don't you just leave the, just like, cause they're not reindeer, right? They're deer. Those like oh, light very, of deer. Well, they're just leave them out there. And they but there was a Santa in a sleigh too. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause if there were just a light of deer, it'd just be like, now we have yard statues all the time. You know, sometimes they light up and sometimes they don't. 
I, I'm just like, no, re- Christmas is done, right? Like we need to move on. And so yeah. I am very adamant that like the day after Christmas, if we are in town and there's been only a couple times we haven't been in town, but if we are in town, that Christmas tree is coming down on the 26th. I didn't know that about you. I know it's weird. It's weird. It's not weird. It's whatever people, I, I think it's weird to put up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving and yeah. people don't think that's weird. So it's not weird to take it down right after Christmas. That's true. What about you? Talk about your, what you do now. Starting from where we left off about taking down Christmas trees, we leave ours up until the first weekend of January. So we let it go through New Year's Eve and then we let it go to that weekend. So the latest it would be is like the sixth or seventh that we take it down. Well, the sixth is very traditionally the day that people take down their Christmas tree because it's Three Kings Day. So it is very normal to see Christmas trees up until that that weekend and it makes sense because it's still the holiday season right and it's it's nice to have the lights up and and you know kind of feel a little festive at least through new year's eve yeah it's usually like when all that when stuff starts to go back to like business as usual then we take it down um so you know we justin and i got married when we both lived in california so our traditions have been all over the place because there was some time when we were flying back to northern wisconsin to visit with his family. Um, And of course, if you're flying from California to Wisconsin, uh, you're not just gonna go for two days. So we would go for four or five days. We'd be there from say the 23rd, 22nd through say the 27th. It was one thing when it was just the two of us and of course like two adults, whatever big deal. Then Isha came along. We went there one year with Isha and it became pretty obvious that it was too hard to do that, especially at that time of year when everyone's around and it's crowded and everyone's kind of antsy to get going. And, and this is all after September 11th too. So there's like all the heightened security and take off your shoes. We're just like, no. So we didn't go the first year Isha was born because Isha was born in the middle of November, but we went when Isha was a year old. We went that one time and then that was it. And so then then we started celebrating at home and we would do, at the time we had two cats and a child. So we got, got rid of all of our nice ornaments and just did plastic and ribbon. We did plastic and plastic ornaments and ribbon for the first couple of years. So it's changed a lot after Lex was born. You know, again, it was like, it was just too much to be traveling to Wisconsin, but Justin's parents would come out uh, on the 26th and stay through New Year's Day. So that was, we got to see them and celebrate with them. Moved back here, we started going up there because it's mm-hmm. a, it's not a huge flight. It's a longish drive, but it's doable. Right. And it's shifted around a bit, but uh, we tend to celebrate Christmas the 24th, 25th, and 26th. With different people. With different with sides different of the family. Yeah. So um, one, one day is with his dad's side of the family, and that's a big crowd, like our extended family. And then one day is at home. And then one day is with his mom's side of the family. So, and that's, you know, doesn't always happen because of people's schedules, but I think this year is going to happen. We have started celebrating Christmas on Christmas Eve morning. Uh-huh. We will do our presents to ourselves on Christmas Eve morning. So our kids have whatever they want to take with them. And the gifts that Santa brings end up outside of our fireplace and that get opened when we get back. 
Oh, I like that. You know, you brought up a really interesting point about Santa. Mm-hmm. You know this about me, Shulshay. I'm like, I'm not someone who can do a lot of like the fairy tale stuff, mm-hmm. right? The, yeah. the magic-y fairy tale stuff. And so, and I, we have a very firm, like we don't lie in this family policy. So if Batsy was to ask me point blank about Santa, I have, I have like brushed it off or made a joke or something. Like she asked me what I thought the, um, the dental one, the, um, tooth fairy. fairy. (laughs) That's like me saying fire people, the dental magical thing. The the dental magician. Who's that? Yeah. (laughs) The dental wizard. No, but the tooth fairy, she, she was like musing. And she's like, what do you think that tooth fairy looks like? And I made it, I go, she probably looks like your mom. And she started <laughs> laughing. And I was like, okay, that got me out of that. And I didn't lie, right? But um, anyway, so with the Santa thing, like I don't remember what, how long I believed, but I remember one year we were in India. So this happened a lot, right? That we went to India over Christmas. For a while, it happened every other year. Every we other gone. year, sometimes multiple years in a row, we would be in India. And it, it was really until Spruha came along that we went probably every year, sometimes every other year. I, I was at the age, I was so concerned that, that Santa was like, they're not home. You're not there. Yeah, so we're not leaving. Yeah. I was like, despondent and I was five I wasn't like 14 but I was really upset and we came back from India and I was like see no presents I guess I'm going to bed like this is dumb and then you're up at three o'clock in the morning because of jet lag my dad took his boots and stomped in the snow we had snow that year stomped in the snow and then buried our present under the snow in the snow I that is seared into my memory I don't feel like it was a big deal for me. Like it, we had presents from our family, but, oh, I guess my question is like, what do you do about Santa? Cause now I'm like, I'm very adamant. I have a lot, I'm adamant about a lot of things um, apparently around the holidays that Santa doesn't give the biggest, most expensive, yes. right? Like that right still to now Anushka believes and we get, something comes from Santa, but it's, it's not even the last present or the first present she opens. Like we're pretty cognizant of like, you know, if she's going to get, I'm making this up, but if she's going to get an iPad, that's not coming from Santa. Right. No, we we're like that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, as our kids have gotten older, they want less and less, which is surprising and nice. <laughs> um, but for, I'd say probably the last five, you know, since we've lived here in Oak Park, Santa brings books it's not always the funnest thing, but it's always something that they would like to read about. I remember when we lived in California, Isha's after-school provider had a saying. She would always say, those who believe, receive. Basically, don't be a spoil sport and you'll get a present from Santa. And, and that's how she kept, especially because she ran an after-school program for K through five kids. So there's a bit of like, keep don't ruin it for these kids. This is how we keep it going. To be fair, it doesn't actually require you to believe. It just requires you not to ruin it for people. Yeah, to be in the holiday spirit. Yes. So this house we lived in California did not have a fireplace. 
and when Isha became aware, the Santa, the story about Santa is that he would come down the fireplace and leave presents and Isha was like, how are we gonna do this? He doesn't have a fireplace to calm down. And I was like, okay, well, we'll make one. And Isha was like, I don't know, I don't know about that. So we got a big piece of poster board and we drew. She's like, we don't have time for that. <laughs> we drew and yeah, I know, like we can't construct a fireplace, that's ridiculous. We drew a fireplace with logs and the fire, I don't know why we had to put fire in it, but it had to look like a fireplace, I guess. He had to know what it was for. We just put it on the wall. And she was like, well, how's he gonna? I was like, no, 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 no. That's not for us to figure out. If Santa can get down a normal fireplace, which the opening is like this big with the whole bag of gifts and he's supposed to be jolly and fat and blah, blah, blah. He, if he can manage that, he can manage this. We just have to show him that there's a place he can come. And that worked really well for like three years. It's great. Oh, okay. So let's ask each other questions. Favorite Christmas movie? Elf, easily. Really? I love that movie so much. (laughs) I wish people could see your face. It's like so resolute. You're not even smiling. You're like, no, it's, it is Elf. As if someone, Uh, someone's going to be like, it's not. (laughs) No, no, it's not. Like you have a debate lined out for why it's your favorite. My favorite Christmas movie, it was a made for TV movie that came out in 1986 and it was only aired one time and but we happened to videotape it we recorded it it is the Muppet Family Christmas oh you do love that one so much I love that movie so much I was six years old it included all the Muppets right the Kermit Fozzie Miss Piggies it included the Fraggles and Sesame Street Gang Yes. And then uh, Jim Henson is in it for about 10 or 15 seconds at the very end. And it brings me so much joy because nobody remembers this movie because it only aired once, but our family had it. And so I had seen it a gazillion times. And now we put up the tree and we watch Muppet Family Christmas because you can get it on YouTube and Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay. So what's your favorite Christmas Carol? Ooh, again, so all these niche ones. There is a Christmas Carol, Shale Shea, I don't know if you know this, from St. Stephen's that only people who went to St. Stephen's know. Well, you got to tell me what it is. Because Sister Teresa, she was the principal of St. Stephen's, so you knew her better because she died when I was in first or second grade. So it's um, Sing Out a Song of Joy. I'll sing it for people. I only know the first couple of lines right now, but it goes, Sing out a song of joy. Every Christmas is a birthday of that baby born in Bethlehem far, far away. Sweet little stranger, there in a manger, sent to be king of us this day of days. I had no idea that was only a St. Stephen's thing. When Brian and I started dating, we, this came up. What's your favorite Christmas carol? Brian grew up Roman Catholic. I went to Catholic school for years and years. He told me what his was. I don't even remember it because it's one that everyone knows. And I said, oh, mine must be the sing out a song of joy. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, it's probably not called that. Right. But it goes like this. And I sang it for him. And the look of like utter, what the F are you talking about on his face I have searched for it. I sang it for his dad, who is like, it, you know, in his 60s, devout Catholic for 60 something years. 
Dave is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard of this. Wow. So I reached out to our old teacher, Mrs. Bunny Cave, Joanne Cave from Streeter. And she goes, oh no, it's so as you know, and I think this came up in one of our early episodes, uh, Streeter, oh, because it's very Polish, very Russian, very at the time Yugoslavian, right? Yeah, Eastern European. So apparently Sister Teresa found it in an old like Yugoslavian text. Wow. Okay, she translated it and then put it to music. It, it was like a poem. It's not even oh. a song. Yeah. So literally we are part of this very pretty small group of people who know that song. Yeah. No, serious. Isn't that wow. Crazy? I know. Okay. So that is my favorite, but, um, outside of that, like one where you go like, Oh, pick a song that people actually know. I would probably say like silent night gets me it like gets me in the feels. I think it's really beautiful. I also like uh, Carol of the Bells, or as I say, Hark to the Bells. Hark to the, is that what's called? Hark to the Bells? It's called right? Carol of the Bells. I do like that one. It has kind of an eerie vibe to it, but I like it. How about you? Favorite Christmas song? I like the ones where there's like a, a crescendo. So I like Oh Holy Night. I like Oh Come All You Faithful there's a swell there. So I think if you're looking to, you know, sort of like feel it, I, I yeah, the feels, right. I always feel like, Oh, Christmas is here. Right. Last question. What is your favorite Christmas cookie or treat? Let's say. Ooh, um, okay. So my mother-in-law makes these sugar cookies. Oh, they're very good. They're Oh, they're so good. And, you know, Gary Goldman, the, the comedian, I think he's hilarious. He goes, you know what a sugar cookie is without sugar? A cracker. So like, he's like, <laughs> all sure, all cookies are sugar cookies. This is dope. But, and like sugar cookies should not be this amazing, but her, there's something she puts crack in it. She calls it love. I don't know. She puts something, she does something that her sugar cookies are addictive and they are delightful and uh, and then she frosts them and decorates them they're in the and... shapes yeah and then um she tried to get like yana and i her daughters-in-law to to join in and i'm like i just rather eat them because i have i i do have this thing where i'm like i'm never going to make it as good as you so just i'm not going to try it's not that i don't want to participate but um I have a perfectionist streak and then, but her granddaughter, so Batsy and then yeah. my niece, Batsy's cousin, yeah, Batsy's cousin, it, they do participate and they love it. And last year it was really sweet. And part of it is just the tradition of it, but because of COVID last year, um, we weren't able to go up for Christmas. So we went up in April when all the adults were uh, were vaccinated and Debbie, my mother-in-law made Christmas cookies with bath. Oh, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. It was, it is part of that, that tradition. Uh, but yeah, uh, my mother-in-law's Christmas sugar cookies are like by far, I can have, I can just have them for dinner. Yeah. How about you? Um, there's some, like, just like you, there's a couple of things that I could make if I wanted to really try, but I don't. And they're always at my mother-in-law's house for Christmas. And one of those things is she makes this thing called tiger butter, tiger bark, tiger bark, not tiger butter, it's tiger bark. Basically it's like 
uh, chocolate fudge and peanut butter fudge like swirled together. So, and, and the recipe is sitting on our fridge. Have I made it ever? No. <laughs> is it hard? No. No. Because there's something about the specialness of having it there. She also does like nut clusters, which I love to the end. I can eat so many like peanut clusters. Is it like peanut brittle? No, it's like, it's like, like a, like a turtle without the caramel. Oh, oh. Chocolate and nuts dumped into little piles and refrigerated. It's really that easy, but I'm like, there's something about like, again, like the specialness of having it there and being like, oh, we only eat this at this time. Yeah. And then the day, the morning of Christmas, my in-laws get up early and go to, you know, go to mass and then come back. Um, but she has usually prepped sausage and this, and these, this dish called cheesy potatoes, which is hash brown potatoes with like sour cream and cream cheese and cheese. It's just so much cheese. And like, that's, there's sort of these sort of like small things where I'm like, I could make it, yeah, but, sure. but going up there and having it there is like, there's something much sweeter about that. And that's why it's I was not, yeah, it's things. not the making of it. It's the, it's the tradition of it. Yeah. And I, you know, you, we, we can kind of take this question full circle is remember in streeter, our dad's nurse, long time. Oh yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah. Gorgeous woman always was like done up, you know, not a hair out of place, makeup done to go to the mailbox. Right. Yeah. He would stay. Uh, and I'm like, she's, this woman's got a full-time job. Dad was very, very busy. He was his only nurse. She had two kids and she would stay up until, I don't know. Did she even go to sleep? Well, it was probably like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, making Christmas cookies. And those, that that's a very, very sweet memory for me too. That wasn't a thing that, that our parents brought with right. them. You know, right. we, we did the tree, we gave presents um, and they didn't, you know, they didn't hold us back from participating in school-based activities around Christmas, but there's all this other stuff that people just do that we never did. Um, so it was really sweet to get those every year. Oh yeah. And then, then and it, they were delicious and I would a hundred percent sneak them when no one was looking. Yeah, me too. So let's end this episode by just reflecting a bit on what we're grateful for. It's been a rough year. We're on, like, we're in the middle of season three of our podcast and we're getting great feedback and reviews from the people who have been our guests and have listened. So I will start by saying, I'm very, very grateful, Kosha, for you. Your very lavish lunch at Panera and your brilliance at thinking about this and coming up with this idea and, and sort of knowing me well enough to know what I would love to do. So I, I'm very, very grateful for you. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. I mean, I'm grateful for my family and the rest of my family. Yeah, blah, blah. And... They're fine. We told them that at Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I will also say I'm very gr grateful for my family and my job for giving me the flexibility to do this. Right. I'm grateful that as a consultant, I get to move my hours around and I'm grateful that, you know, Justin and the kids are flexible. And when we have dinner sometimes or when I'm available or not, because I'm recording. So I can be real grateful for that too. Well, I love you dearly. And 
you know, this is, is going to sell. I mean, I'm going to say the same thing to you that you said to me, but I don't know what I would do without you. I really don't. And we go way back. <laughs> I would say, you know, you've known me. January <laughs> 29th, the year, the year you were born. 1980. Yes. You were very proud of me at that time. And it's just gone downhill from there. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, well, it's, we definitely, got- it's definitely not been, it's not a, been a steady state. Let's put it that way. <laughs> not that I've never not been proud of you, but I would say my enthusiasm for having a sister. <laughs> right. Oh, I totally get it. Has, has, has gone up and down. Yes. Yes. I totally get that. But we have always, I've always known that you are in my corner and you are on my side. You are, you've always been, and you are one of the most, if not the most brilliant person I know. And I'm so happy to be doing this. And I'm also really, really grateful for our guests, all of our guests who are so vulnerable and open and willing to be raw. It's a real gift. It is. It is. To us that our guests will share their stories and we hope that you feel our podcast is a gift to you all, our listeners, so you can hear their stories. Absolutely. Uh, to close up, because we ask for advice on every episode, I'm going to add, let's do, what is one piece of advice you want to give yourself in 2022? Slow down. Those of you who know me know I'm a go, go, go person. And I don't like to be still. I don't like to uh, deliberate on things very long. Um, and I made the joke with some friends recently that like my bo- I always get this idea in my gut. I always want to do something. And then my head's a couple step be- steps behind. And my heart is like, like a mile back waiting to be like, wait, wait for me. I sometimes find myself in, in situations where I've made a commitment and I know I can do it, but it takes me away from things I really love and want to do and fill me up. So to slow down and let everything, let, let my heart and my head catch up with my body, basically. What about you, Kosha? What's one piece of advice you would give to yourself? Give to myself is try to be more comfortable when you don't know something and to ask other people what they might know. It's very hard to have uncertainty in my life without having, you know, every piece of information and that sometimes I don't need to know everything. And if I don't know one piece of the puzzle, it doesn't mean that everything's going to shit. Right. And that other people knowing something that I don't know is actually okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could just do what I do and just say things like it's a fact. And then people would be like, oh, you really know what you're talking about. I want to try. I really, really want to try that. But it, it has to be something where you're like, like people are asking for a, like a, something to do. Like, should we do this or this? Like, we should totally do this. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it just sounds so convinced that you have the right answer and it totally works. Okay. Let's close out with one piece of, if it's holiday familect, that would be awesome. But just familect from what something that's come up recently. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've already shared so much of our family. So like I've talked about, we talk about cubes. No. Okay. So there's some, there are some family that we share 
you did this with our grandfather and then your child did this with her, their grandmother. So Dadaji is the name for grandfather. And Shayla, she couldn't say it when she was just learning to talk. So she would say Daji. And then everybody till the day he passed several years ago, we were all adults. We would call him Daji. Yeah, that's right. And I don't think I ever one time called him Dadaji. And I didn't even know the reason we called him Daji or that that's not the name for grandfather. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. For our mom, when Isha was old enough to talk, they couldn't say Nanima, which means grandmother. You can understand why that's a bit of a tongue twister. Nanima. It's really hard to say when you're 10, you know, two years old. And also when you're 10 years old yeah. and when you're 45 I'm 40, years old. Yeah, I was right. gonna say. Um, so she would transpose two of the syllables and say Namina, Namina, which is much easier to say. It rolls off, it does roll off the tongue yeah. easier. And that has just stuck as the name for you know our family matriarch. Na Namina. And and you couldn't you could all you really had to think about it to say it the other way. Yeah. And then I remember someone goes, oh, you mean Nanima to Isha? And she was like, I have no idea who you're talking about. Yeah, right. right. What did that happen? I mean, I don't think I was there, but I've heard that story. Yeah, there was a time when someone said something about Nanima and Isha was like, who's that? Yeah, I have a Namina. That's what I have. I don't, this is some other person. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then my daughter, had difficulty calling you Shailushi Mashi, which which is not surprising. Also, yeah, not surprising. It's a mouthful, and I actually have a, she calls you Mamash, mm-hmm. but um, she calls you Mamash, and I have a video going like, can you say Mashi? Can you say Shailushi Mashi? And she goes, Mamash, and she was two or whatever, and that has stuck, and now she's seven and a half, and she still calls you Mamash. Yeah, that's the name. That's the name. Yeah, that is your name. Oh. So yeah. Oh. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry everything. Happy New Year. End of the che- year. Cheers to 2022. Mm-hmm. 2021, don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> yeah, I would say 2021 wasn't the worst year on record. It certainly right. felt a little bit more hopeful than 2020. Correct. We had a lot of, you know, a lot of things that we kind of figured out how to do well. Um, let's hope it. 2022 we can put a lot of that behind us and I know that we will will probably never go back to you know the before times yeah but if we can get some things back to the before times that would be fantastic yeah I agree so happy holidays to all our listeners whatever you celebrate or whether you don't celebrate um hope the end of the year is fantastic for you you get rest you get some fun you get some joy you get whatever kind of time with whomever you want, whether that's with your pet, your family, your partner, your friends, or just by yourself. And also, if you lose a tooth, you call on the dental magician. Right. <laughs> Hope you'll join us in 2022. More stories to tell. Yep. I love you. Love you too. <laughs>